Welcome to Made by Women by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. At a moment when businesses face some of the biggest challenges in recent history, we bring you inspiring stories, practical insights, and shared learnings to help you successfully navigate in today's environment. I'm Sharon Bowen, and thanks so much for joining us today. When a little shop called Dove opened in Greenwich Village in early 2017, the line stretched down the block and people waited literally for hours. What was this magic product they were selling? Cookie dough, edible cookie dough, sold in scoops, in ice cream style cups, in more than a dozen flavors. The woman behind the scoops is Kristen Tomlin, who was only 28 when Doe launched. We're going to learn from her how she came up with the concept for Doe and made it into a thriving nationwide business that's been featured everywhere, from People Magazine to Forbes to Vogue. Please enjoy my conversation with Doe founder, Kristen Tomlin. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning. You're the founder of Doe, spelled D-O. Described as the world's first edible cookie dough confectionery. Explain a little bit more. Tell us, what does Doe actually do and sell? So we specialize in all things cookie dough. We happen to sell primarily cookie dough that is edible and safe to eat straight from the mixing bowl and bakeable, so you can stick it in your oven and make delicious cookies. And then we, I run a physical bakery in New York City where we serve cookie dough as our number one product. And then we also sell online and lots of other venues. But at the end of the day, what we're doing with dough is, for me, it's all about spreading joy. We just happen to be doing it through dessert. So then for many of us, dough is all about the thrill of being a child and sneaking raw cookie dough. What is that appeal? Yes. So I have always loved cookie dough. It's been my guilty pleasure since I was a young child baking in the kitchen with my mom. And there wasn't anything on the market that was safe to eat and bakeable. And so I essentially had to create my own brand and my own product. And really what I was doing when I was creating it was allowing myself to eat it how I want it and therefore giving our customers the ability to eat it however they want it. So my favorite way is, of course, straight from the mixing bowl. But, you know, my dad likes to mix it in with ice cream. My brother likes it fresh from the oven. My husband likes a combination of both. And at Dough, you get to choose to eat cookie dough however you want it and not be worried about, you know, getting sick and the no-nos of not being able to sneak cookie dough straight from the mixing bowl like you would with traditional cookie dough. I remember those days for sure. But before we get too far ahead, I want to take you back to your early days. You were a design major in college. What role did that play in eventually leading you to found dough? Did you always want to be an entrepreneur or did you have other aspirations? So I don't know that when I was growing up, I really knew what being an entrepreneur was. What I knew was that I always had this creativity and always loved just creating. And so my path to how I started Doe, I went to school for uh, design, interior design to be specific. And that path followed me to New York City. And when I worked in New York City, I really 
uh, was working for a branding consultancy. So I w- wasn't even necessarily doing traditional interior design. I was doing more branding and I was doing experience design. So physical retail locations and branded customer experiences. And that really was what I fell in love with. And that is what ultimately got me started with Doe. So I, the idea came about because I was with a bunch of girlfriends. We went to this cookie shop and instead of buying anything that was baked, we left this shop with a tub of cookie dough and we sat in the car, passed it around. And that was the moment for me that I thought, why is this not a thing? And then I really just used that design experience. So the designing the logo, designing the brand and designing the store experience that otherwise didn't exist. So without that design background, I, I don't even know if I would have ever started Doe because it gave me such a great base for what I do today. And what I learned in school and design school, it's all about problem solving. And that really helped me as an entrepreneur kind of navigate all of the problems that were going to come up over the years. And, you know, this was my first business. I was young when I started. And as many entrepreneurs know, you just figure it out as you go. And it's problem solving every single step of the way. That's really a great, great background. I do know, though, you, you had a life-threatening illness while you were planning to launch Doe. And you wrote your business plan while you were recovering. Can you tell us a little bit about that episode in your life? Yeah. Um, so I started on the business plan at the beginning of 2014. And I, my husband and I were you know, sitting down nights and weekends trying to get this business plan together. And we got to the point where we were going to be having financial conversations uh, and trying to figure out how we were going to fund this business because we were young. We didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we both were still working full time. So we were just kind of figuring it out. And it also happened to be just a couple months before our summer wedding in 2014. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to put this business plan down for a second and I'm going to just concentrate on the wedding. And after the honeymoon, we can go ahead and pick it back up. And it's that's exactly when I ended up getting sick. I it was right before my wedding. I was diagnosed with a condition called Steven Johnson syndrome or TENS. And it was an allergic reaction to an antibiotic that I was prescribed. And the way that this allergic reaction happens, it's not anaphylactic where your you know thro- throat closes. It's actually um, like a chemical burn from the inside out. So it's a very scary thing. It's a very rare condition. And so it took a lot of um, trying to figure out what was happening. But it, I ended up in the burn ICU in New York City for 21 days and on essentially on life support on a ventilator for 12 of those days, just really fighting for my life. And at the time, my my world was turned upside down. I mean, I was, you know, writing this business plan, working full time, training for the New York Marathon, anticipating my wedding. And all of that came to a halt. And really, as I recovered, luckily, I was, um, I, it was a difficult recovery. But the thing that got me through it really was picking back up where I left off on that business plan. I was really lost and searching for a way to get my mind off of the the difficult recovery. And I had time on my hands because I wasn't able to go back to work full time. And so I found myself back in the kitchen doing what I loved. And that was making cookie dough and trying recipes and working on the design of the store experience. And it was a really great distraction 
during a very difficult time in my life. And ultimately, it really just changed my perspective about life in general. I thought, you know, what do I have to lose? I almost just lost my life. And you just really reevaluate all of the priorities uh, when you go through something traumatic like that. And for me, I just really wanted to follow this dream and this passion and this thing I was working on. And I think it really propelled me to launch Doe, maybe even quicker than I thought. And in a different way. So when the business plan was all focused around this store experience, but I just wasn't going to be able to open up the store from a financial perspective or from a physical perspective because of this recovery. And I thought, you know what, let me just change the path and let me try to launch it online first and see what the response is and really kind of dip my toes into running a business that way. And I think it was the best decision and that I could have made for the business. It really allowed me to dive in and still really understand what I was doing before I put up all of this money and all this risk with opening up the store. My dream was always the store and we eventually opened up in 2017, but I launched the business online and learned so much about our customers and our product. And that I think helped us be successful ultimately because we started small and, um, you know, grew organically. Well, first, let me say, uh, just your ideal sounds really, really scary. Um, I, I can't even imagine what you were going through, but uh, it's clear that you are a resilient, strong woman in that respect. And I'm, I'm glad that Doe was part of that recovery for you as well. We'll be back with Seneca's Made by Women after this short break. It was online initially only, and now I understand why that was the case. And so in many respects, you learned the lesson that you know, many people, you know, sort of post-COVID had to learn about how to pivot and start your business that way. But for, particularly for the entrepreneurs who are listening to us right now, what obstacles did you run into while starting Doe and how did you overcome them? I think as an entrepreneur and with anybody starting a business, there's obstacles every single day. I mean, for for me, there there wasn't another business that was like Doe that I could look to and say, oh, they did it and it was successful and we can follow a similar path or look at their business plan or their strategy because this doesn't didn't exist otherwise. You know, we we weren't an ice cream shop, we weren't a traditional bakery. I wasn't sure if people were gonna buy our cookie dough, if they would be able to get over this stigma of, oh, cookie dough is not good for you. You could get sick. So I feel like the first major obstacle that I had was just overcoming that education piece and making sure that we were communicating correctly to our audience and making them aware that our cookie dough is completely safe to eat. And the versatility of the product is that you get to eat it however you want. You can, you know, from the mixing bowl or from the oven. And I feel like that was definitely the the first big hurdle. And then after that, I mean, honestly, there are hurdles every single day. As any entrepreneur knows, as you grow your business, there's no playbook that you follow. You really have to go with your gut. And um, for me, the way that I built my business and the way that worked for me was doing it organically and really um, listening to our customers and, and learning what they wanted and what resonated with them. And I think you can do that. Uh, you can really test the product and see what's working if you do it at a smaller scale in the beginning. And, and after you went through 
you know, the, the pains of getting started and, and some of those difficulties. When was your first big break as a company? So I think the first big break uh, was probably around Valentine's Day of 2015. It was just a few weeks after we launched and I was approached by two different media outlets, um, Refinery29 and Cosmopolitan. And both of them were just fascinated with this concept and this idea. And at this point, the business had taken off in some small way. I mean, it was certainly um, still tiny, but um, the word was kind of getting around. And I didn't have any money for traditional advertising or marketing and really just used uh, social media and the word of mouth marketing and asking people to kind of spread the word if they like the product. And when they approached me and wanted to write about dough, that was the first moment that I was like, oh my gosh, this could be something. Um, and they wrote about us right before Valentine's Day in 2015. And the orders started coming in by the dozen. And I feel like that was really the first big break um, for me to just be able to get the word out about the business and have really understand the power of, of good PR. Great timing. Yeah, it was. You know, I forgot to ask you earlier, you mentioned Valentine's Day and when you were telling us about your early days and recovering from your illness, you eventually got married, right? I did. Yeah. Found time to do that too, right? I got married. Um, yeah, we actually kept our original wedding date and that was something for me that was a good goal to look forward to as I was recovering because it was just like, just, you know, get to the wedding, be able to walk down the aisle, be able to wear this wedding dress. Um, and it was a really great celebration when that day came because I, um, you know, it was a huge milestone for me personally, but it was also just a great way to celebrate uh, the resiliency and the ability to that, you know, life is going to go on and, and I was going to be okay. That's great. I made a reference a little bit earlier to COVID and how that affected uh, so many particularly small businesses. How did COVID affect Doe's business and how did you pivot to meet those challenges? Yeah. So originally, even though we started out as an online business and we were shipping nationwide from the very beginning, over the course of the many years in business, as we opened up our flagship retail location and uh, many other pop-ups, our retail business really became the where a majority of our revenue came from. So this is pre-COVID. Um, so when COVID hit, it was a really um, it was difficult for us because we were primarily a retail business. But luckily, we had this online presence. And for me, we pivoted very quickly. And I said, you know what, if our customers are not able to come to us, they're not able to come visit New York because of the travel restrictions and our store was shut down for a, a long period of time. Um, I wanted to still reach them. And if they were at home, then we were going to introduce new products that would continue to make them smile, that would engage their kids who are stuck at home. We launched virtual classes. We really focused the business back on our direct-to-consumer um, offering because, you know, again, that's where our customer were, was, and that's really what, what was working for us at the time. And during the beginning of COVID, it very much felt in this weird way, um, like the beginning days of when I started. I mean, there was, everything was just, we were so unsure about it all that 
And I was back in the kitchen working long hours with the team. Um, and, you know, prior to that, I hadn't necessarily been back in the kitchen in that way and packing shipments and receiving deliveries. We just were working with such a small team and, and bare bones and just, you know, trying to make it work and see what, what really was going to happen with COVID that it brought me back to those early days. And there were so many things that were just reminiscent about, um, you know, rolling up my sleeves and, and getting my hands dirty. And it was, uh, of course, a difficult time, but ultimately we saw over an 80% growth in our direct to consumer business, which was amazing over the past year and definitely the silver lining of, of COVID to know that, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, our, our mission is to spread, spread joy and allow people to smile. And I think especially during uncertain times and times when people aren't able to gather and celebrate in the way that they normally would, having the ability to send something sweet to brighten someone's day or have them celebrate their birthday, even if they're doing it at home alone, really goes a far way. And that's really what our concentration was with um, making sure that we were going to make it through COVID. And we were continuing on this mission to provide happiness to people. And we all needed a lot of happiness uh, over, the, over the last year and a half. Yeah, definitely. So thank you for, for bringing joy to all of us. Yeah, of course. So, you know, another unique thing about Doe is your emphasis on charitable giving and partnering with hunger relief organizations. Um, can you tell us a little bit about these efforts and why they are important for your business model? Yeah, I think from the very beginning, it's always been important to me to give back in whatever way makes sense. And when I have a food business, one primarily based in New York City, um, where the food insecurity is so prevalent, it was important for me to get involved with organizations that do good things in whatever way made sense for us. So we've partnered with No Kid Hungry through the New York City Wine and Food Festival for many years, you know, raising money and I sit on the Culinary Council of the Food Bank of New York City, working on a number of different initiatives for them. And we also are very involved in Ronald McDonald House charities, particularly the New York City House, which is the largest house in their network. And again, it's just for me, the way that we can spread joy, spread happiness, make people um, smile despite what they're going through. And it's been a very important part of our business from the beginning. And it's something that we make sure that our efforts are concentrated on every single quarter about making sure that we give back to organizations and then also volunteer at organizations um, as a whole team. It's just an important part of the culture at Doe. Well, that's really so important to give back. And thank you for being such a great role model that way. Tell us, you know, what have you learned that you wish someone had shared with you about starting your own company? So I think that, oh my gosh, I've learned so much over the years, but I wish that I would have known in the beginning and guess would have told myself to really um, trust my intuition and trust my gut. And I have many times over the years, but I think as an entrepreneur and not knowing exactly what you're doing, uh, you question every single step of of the plan. And I would say to people that are starting out of business, have confidence in yourself and your ideas. You know, you're the only one that knows your vision for the company and uh, what you're trying to do. And so really, you know, 
go for it. Dig in deep, get your hands dirty, try lots of things. And um, ultimately, I think if you're following your gut and you're following this passion that you have inside, I imagine that you're going to be successful in some way or another. And I think over the years for me, it's, it, I wish I would have questioned, questioned my judgment less because the times that I did just trust my gut and follow um, what I really felt was right. That's when things ended up working out really well. That's great advice um, for someone starting their own company. Tell me, is there any one question that you wished I had asked you today that you'd like to tell us? Oh, um, I would love to just talk a little bit about kind of all of the the offerings at Dough. So I know I, I talked about how we sell cookie dough, yes, but um, we have all of these different facets of the business where that we've expanded over the years. Um, I wrote a cookbook in 2019 called Hello Cookie Dough. And for me, that was a way to kind of continue to expand our offerings and um, reach more people. And I, I think people were always, um, when, when they heard I was writing a cookbook and going to be sharing these 110 different recipes about how to make edible cookie dough at home, people really questioned that judgment and thought, you know, are you going to give away your secrets? Why are you putting your recipes out there? And for me, it was, I learned how to bake in my parents' kitchen. And that's where I found, um, you know, the ability to explore and to learn and that's where that passion really started. And I recognize that not all of our customers can come to New York and visit or can't ship our product uh, nationwide, but I bet that they can go to their local grocery store and get these ingredients and follow a recipe and be inspired, hopefully, by this story of how I had this idea and started with nothing and was able to build this brand and this business. And so writing the cookbook for me was... Um, certainly just an amazing way to connect with more people and hopefully inspire more people to do what find their passion and then follow their passion so that i think is um one of the one of my proudest moments is just publishing um my cookbook hello cookie that's great and it sounds like you took the advice you gave our entrepreneurs you you follow your gut you follow your passion and uh and it sounds like a, that's a great recipe for success. Yes, absolutely. What a fascinating and dramatic journey. Here are three things I took from my conversation with Kristen Tomlin. First, there are many paths to being an entrepreneur. And whatever your experience is, you can use it to build your business. Kristen's background was in design. To her, that translates into problem-solving skills. As Kristen says, when you're an entrepreneur, it's problem-solving every step of the way. Second, sometimes you just have to throw out your plans and redraw them. Kristen suffered a life-threatening illness just before Doe launched. It gave her a new perspective. She launched more quickly than had been planned. Her attitude was, go for it. What do I have to lose? Finally, realize the value of starting small. Kristen at first wanted to launch a brick and mortar store, but opening an online business first, let her get her feet wet, understand the business and her customers and lessen her risk. 
Made by Women is brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G.